Well, go to Luke, if you would, the 12th chapter. Luke chapter 12, and we'll continue on today on a subject that we've been speaking on for some weeks about the kingdom of God. And a sense in my spirit that we're at the close of this and ready to begin on another area. Of course, it all overlaps, right? We're going to still be thinking about the kingdom, no matter what subject we're teaching and ministering on. But in Luke, the 12th chapter, this has been our main text about uh, the kingdom of God. And we come to find out that Jesus talked about the kingdom all the time. He preached about the kingdom all the time. So did the apostles and disciples in the book of Acts in the beginning days of the church. And we should too. If it was first and forefront in Jesus' mind and the leaders of the church after his ascension, then that should not have changed. You and I should be kingdom-minded and preach the gospel of the kingdom. One thing that got me started on this was I heard somebody on TV hollering about Jesus preached love and acceptance. Jesus preached love and acceptance, they said. And what they usually, when you hear people say that, they're trying to get you to accept their sin. Jesus preached love and acceptance. He preached love and acceptance. And, you know, that sounds right to most folk. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. So immediately I I went to the Bible. You know, that's where to go. Go there. See, people think a lot of stuff, but what does the Bible say? And I began to search the gospel accounts again carefully. What did he preach? You know what he preached? He preached the good news of the kingdom of God and repentance. How many know there's a lot of difference between acceptance and repentance? (laughs) People say, well, God, you know, loves me and accepts me just the way I am. Said who? See, that's another thing. Oh, look how quiet it got. (laughs) Well, he does, don't he, Brother Keith? He loves you. He doesn't love all the ways you are. He loves you. He doesn't have to accept all yours or anybody's goofy stuff. Right? And people say, well, if you love me, you have to accept the way I am. No, we don't. No. We can love you and despise your sin. Are y'all with me now? (laughs) Well, you just have to accept me. No, don't identify with sin. Identify with Jesus. You know, your desires don't define you. Your desires don't tell, your fleshly desires don't tell you who you are. The Christian is not to be searching for who they are. You are in him. Find out who he is. And you find out who you are. Because you're in him. And he's in you. Can you say amen? No, Jesus didn't preach love and acceptance. He preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. And he preached repentance. He said repent and believe the gospel. What gospel? 
Now, if you weren't with us, you didn't see it, but we saw time after time after time the gospel of the kingdom, which means the good news about the kingdom. Well, what's the kingdom? Kingdom. Dom has to do with dominion. And the dominion or the reign over which the king rules. Well, who is the king? Jesus is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Well, who ever heard of a king without a kingdom? Well, he has a kingdom. He has a domain. He has a realm over which he rules. And you and I are in that kingdom. And that kingdom is in us. And that kingdom is expanding and increasing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And soon and very soon we saw that God is going to establish the kingdom. And is going to fill the heavens and the earth. And there's no longer going to be any other nation or any other government of any kind. It's just going to be the kingdom of God. And it will exist forever and will never end. Right? All the kingdoms on the earth at this time are coming to an end. Every one of them, none of them is going to last forever. But the kingdom of God is an eternal, everlasting kingdom. And you and I are being prepped and trained to rule and reign in this kingdom. He talked about us having rulership over ten cities. In the kingdom of God. Cities that are just as real as Chicago and New York and L.A. But much nicer. And you'll be in charge of them. See that hasn't been real to us. Has it? But that's what's going on. That's what our future is. And we need to be thinking about the kingdom of God. Because those positions that are coming up in eternity. Who fills them and who does what and what place you have and where you operate and how much you operate over is being determined now by our faithfulness and our commitment and our faith to God and to his kingdom. So how many think we ought not just bump along and just try to hold out till we die and go to heaven, but we ought to be seeking the increase and advancement Of the kingdom of God right now. What does that mean? Getting people saved. Getting people back to God. Getting them healed and filled. Teaching them who they are in Christ. Right? And the more involved we are in that. Then the brighter our future. In the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. Luke 12. Are you there? Luke 12. And verse 29. He said, seek not ye what ye shall eat or what you'll drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you have need of these things. Man, you know, you're tempted to just stop and preach on this the whole time because it's such a deal. You remember we, we read the story that Jesus told about how that the uh, the king had prepared the supper and invited everybody to come. And one said, no, nah, I can't come. You know, uh, I've got to check on my, I bought some land. I got to go check it out. And another one said, no, nah, I can't come. I've bought some oxen and I got to go test them and prove them. Another one said, no, nah, I can't come. I got married and I got to take care of my family. That's going on by the millions in people that are saved. They are too busy 
with their life. And they're seeking their stuff and making a living and taking care of their kids and this and that. And they think that is life. And they get up and they get ready and they go to work every day. And they act like this is going to go on like this forever. And it's not. I said it's not. Your life and mine is a vapor. And there's all so much more to life than just living. Right? We're supposed to be thinking about what? Kingdom of God. What can I do? What's my part? To help the kingdom of God. To make a difference in the kingdom of God. To help get the gospel, the good news about the kingdom all over the world. Because that's what he said. Every nation, every tongue, every people has got to hear about this good news. About the kingdom. And then the end is going to come. Isn't that what he said? And so you and I, you know, you've got to ask yourself every day, what am I doing? To help make that happen. And people want to say. Well I'm not a preacher. and I'm not this. And I don't have any money. And I'm not educated. And you do not want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And tell the Lord that in the future. It ain't going to hold water. Because he knows what you know. He knows what you can do. And what you can't. He knows that. And you don't have to try to do some big something that everybody knows about. Just follow your heart. And if you'll be willing to spend your time, spend your energies, use your talent, use your resources, he'll show you and he'll use you. I said he'll use you. And you'll make a difference in the kingdom. And your life will not be in vain. And you know, you do understand now, soon and very soon, you'll be breathing your last. Or the Lord will be coming. Right? And you do not want to lay there and think, I wasted my life. I always busy with my stuff. I didn't have time for God. How many know it's sad, and primarily I'm talking about people that's not here this morning. All the people that's not in any church. They don't have time to go to church. They're just too busy for God. And uh, they act like there's no God. They act like there's no judgment seat of Christ. They act like there is no kingdom of God. They act like there's no future. Aren't you glad you know better? Aren't you glad by the grace of God you don't have to waste your whole life? Right? No, no. Even if you've wasted some time in the past, don't look back. Don't get down depressed over that. Make today count. I said make today count. Make to what? Doing what? Just be willing. Say it out loud, Lord. Lord, I care about you. I care about about your kingdom. kingdom. It's first place to me. me. Here I am. am. Use me me. to make a difference difference. in your kingdom. kingdom. All I am, all I I have have is at your disposal. disposal. Now, if you really mean that, then he'll call on you. And when he does, what must you say? Don't say, well, I wish I could. But, you know, we got this going and we got that going. You know, in church and ministry, Phyllis and I have seen that so many times. People say, you know, we want to be used. You know, let us know. And so finally something come up and you call on them and they just, ah, I wish you'd have called me last week. You know, I we just got so much going on right now. So much what? What? What you just got through saying is, my stuff is more important than kingdom stuff. 
And people don't realize it, but they're saying, I don't have time for the Lord. And I don't feel bad for us because there's 50 people waiting to step up in their place. But I feel bad for them. Did you hear me? I feel bad for them. Because you keep doing that year after year and decade after decade. And you're going to miss out. Say not me. me. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes people don't like to hear these things. But this is reality. This is truth. This is reality. Now. He went on to say, don't seek after this. Don't spend your life seeking something to eat, something to wear, and a place to live. Do not do that. That's what the whole unsaved world is doing. But verse 31, what do you do? But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God. Matthew says, seek first. And all these things will be added to you. You mean you can get your clothes and your house and your stuff? While you're seeking the kingdom. But I tell you what, Phyllis and I are proof positive of that. And so are many of you and people all over the world. You know, we're just busy working for God and the stuff comes in. But uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Give you the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now go with me, if you would, to uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter. And let's look at something else very important about the kingdom. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Jesus had asked the disciples who... People were saying he was. Verse 13, Matthew 16, 13. He said, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Verse 14, he said, some are saying that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying you're Elijah. Some are saying you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said to them, but whom say you that I am? Who do you say he is? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Now this is, if you didn't know Old Testament scripture, you might not know how much weight this statement should be carrying to your mind. But that means this is the Messiah. This is the sent one to fulfill all the prophecies. Right? This is not just a anointed one, the, the anointed one. And because he's asking them, who are people saying I am? Then he says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up. We learned that later is by revelation. Spirit of God moved on him and he piped up. You know, he made some mistakes, but he got some stuff right too, didn't he? (laughs) He said, you are the Christ, the Christ. The anointed one, son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. But my father, which is in heaven. See, we're talking earlier about God talking to his people. Well, where did he get this? He didn't get this out of his mind or from somewhere else. He got this from God. And I say to you that you are Peter. Now, Peter means rock. 
rock. And upon this rock. Now this is a different word for rock. Peter is rock. And then um, it's actually what? Petros and Petra. Peter is rock. But then here he said upon this rock. And this rock is like the rock of Gibraltar. This is like mountain size rock. On this rock, not on Peter, on what rock? Well, who is the stone that is the foundation? Well, it's Jesus. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But on this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On what rock? Well, what did Peter just get through saying? You are the Christ, right? You're the son of the living God. He is that rock. He is the foundation. In 1 Corinthians, if you go there, you know, uh, chapter 3 it is. Paul's talking about how that uh, he as a, a master planner and master builder helped to lay the foundation and that Apollos and different teachers have come and built on the foundation. He said, but no other foundation can anybody lay than that which is laid, Christ. He's the foundation. Is he what this thing is built on? What the kingdom of God is built on? What the church is built on? It's him. Not Peter. (laughs) You shouldn't be five minutes thinking about that. Right? Do you want everything you have to be built on Peter? But after this, boy, he made some whopper mistakes and he's a man, right? And the master is the man, the Christ Jesus, but not just a man, right? No, he is the rock. In fact, you know, previously we studied in Daniel about how God showed Daniel all the kingdoms. He showed him, you know, the head of gold that was Nebuchadnezzar and he showed him the the silver that was the next kingdom of the Medes and Persians and, and the Greeks and, and the Romans. And this was hundreds of years after Daniel would be dead. He saw these kingdoms that's coming down through the line. Then he saw a stone. Here we are. You can go back to Daniel 3, chapter 2 and 3 and read about this. He saw a stone that was cut out of a mountain without hands. And this stone became huge and filled the whole earth. And this represented the kingdom of heaven, he said, of which there was no end. All these other kingdoms are going to come and go. He said, but this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So what is the stone that the Lord builds his church upon and the gates of hell shall not prevail? It's the master. I said, it's the master. It is the word made flesh. Can you say amen? Amen. It's him, not anybody else, not any denomination, not any other men, him. But now notice what he said on this rock, this huge, huge stone, the rock, the Christ. I will build my church. And what else? The gates. Of hell. Now, we have to understand what this means. What do gates mean? You'd have to know about the uh, cities of the ancient time. 
cities that were of any size and any significance, they had walls to protect them from enemies just coming in and taking them over. They had walls. Well, of course, you got to have some way of getting in and out. So that's where your gates come in. And these gates were highly fortified. And if the enemy could break through the gates, then he could get in and control you. And the gates were usually like the capital business place of the city. The elders would come. If you read in the scriptures, you'll see the elders sitting in the gates. And the authority would meet in the gates and make the decisions and make the laws. Everybody say authority Authority. in the gates. gates. So see, another way of saying this, and so the authorities control the power. There are two key words in um, in Scripture here that we're going to see. One of them is authority and the other is power. And it's a little bit confusing because in the King James, they're used interchangeably. The word translated authority is also translated power. You don't know which one it is unless you look it up. Many times when it says power, it's the word for authority. But then there's another word that's used for power. It doesn't mean authority. It means power. Dunamis. We get our word uh, dynamic and dynamite from, what does it mean? It means force. You know, I've used this uh, illustration before. It'll bear repetition. It'd be like a policeman. Well, a policeman, you know, needs two things. He needs authority and he needs power. Authority is the right to use the power and the right to do something. You see that in he's sworn into his office or you see his badge, you see his uniform and his insignia. That's all represents his authority that he or she has a right to do something they're doing. But if that's all there was, was a a sign of authority, criminals would just run over them. So you also need dunamis, 220 pounds of muscle, sawed-off shotgun, 44 magnum, clock. What you know what I'm talking about? That's dunamis, power <laughs> to back up the authority. Well, does God have authority? Does He have power? Yes. We've got the name of Jesus. Oh, help me out this morning. Now, we, we've got the authority. We also have the Holy Spirit. We've got the anointing of God, the power of God to enforce, back up the authority. Now, this is very significant because what does he say? The gates of hell. I'm going to build my church. How many believe what Jesus said is so? Now, I mean, if he said, I'm going to build my church, can you count on it? Then he's building his church. We accept this for us personally, as well as worldwide. Right? Say it out loud. Jesus Jesus. is building this church. He's building his church church. worldwide. Worldwide. Let's believe it. Be convinced of it. And he said, I'm building my church. And I'm building it. Not on denomination and not on theories and not on opinions and not on experiences and not on individuals. I'm building it on this rock. The rock of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one and the gates, the what? 
What does that mean? The authority and the power of hell, what? Won't prevail. This is the word of God. If Jesus said the authority and power of hell will not prevail against him building his church or prevent him building his church, then I believe it. I said, I believe it. No demon, no work of the enemy can stop us. Can stop him building his church. Now look at the very next phrase though. What does it say? And what? I'm going to give you something, he said. What? The keys to the kingdom. Is this a significant phrase? Has he done it? Did he do it? Yeah. I mean, he has. Now, this was before he went to the cross. But he has gone to the cross. Hasn't he? And he suffered. And he died. And he's been risen from the dead. Triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And how many remember, in fact, uh, hold your place here and run over to uh, Matthew real quickly. 28th chapter. Hold your place there in Matthew, but go to the 28th. Anybody happy about this beside me this morning? Matthew 28, verse 17. This is after he's been raised from the dead. When they saw him, they worshipped him. How many here worship him? Yeah, we're worshipers of Jesus. But some doubted, not us. And Jesus came. This is Matthew 28, 18. And he spoke to them. This is what he said. What did he say? All. <laughs> All power. Now that's the word for authority here. This is the word for authority. A lot of you modern translations will have it that way. All authority is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. What's the very next word? Go ye. Which means You go. Well, yeah, but he's got the authority. Yeah, but he said, I got it, so go. (laughs) What does that mean? How does that affect us? If he's got it, how does that work? Now, let's take a little time on this. How many would accept this as a fact, as a truth? All authority in heaven and earth, Jesus got. He got when he was raised from the dead. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Why did he need to get it? Go to Luke. Go to Luke, please. And the fourth chapter. In Luke 4, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And the Bible said in Luke 4, 5, this was one of the uh, the temptations. The devil took him up into a high mountain. And showed to him what? All the what? The kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time. Why? Because that's what this thing is about. And Jesus, that's what he was, you know, he's the son of God from eternity past. But as a man, that's what he came into the earth for. And that's his destiny. King of all kings and the enemy's trying to tempt him 
for a shortcut. Right? And he said, uh, the devil said in verse 6, all this power. Now, again, that's the word for authority here. You could see how that'd be. All this authority will I give you. Isn't that something? The devil told me he's going to give authority to Jesus. So I says, well, you know, he didn't have it. He just lied. Well, it wouldn't have been a temptation. If he didn't have it, Jesus would have known it. And it wouldn't have been a temptation. It was a temptation, which means he had it. Keep reading. All this authority will I give you and the glory of them, for that is delivered to me. One translation says, it's been handed over to me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now this is such an important truth. Such an important truth. So many do not see this, or if they've seen it, they refuse to accept it and believe it. Corinthians calls Satan the God of this world. He didn't create it. But how did he wind up? With control. What did he say? It was delivered to me. One translation says it was handed over to me. Well, who handed it over to him? Adam and Eve. It wasn't God. God made Adam and Eve, if you will, the gods of this world. Didn't he? See, God didn't make man to be some caveman. Grunting and moving around like an animal. No, he made Adam and Eve to be gods. I know people don't like that, but it's scripture. Jesus quoted it. That God said to the people, ye are gods. Little g. I know folk have fits over that. But I didn't write that. You didn't take it up with him. And the Bible said the heaven, even the heaven of heavens is the Lord. But the earth has he given to the children of men. Psalm said that. What Psalm 115 or 116 along in there. The earth has he given to the children of men. Well then, how did the devil get in? Because when God gives you something, he gives it to you. To the point where you can use it right or you could abuse it. Which they did. And when they yielded to him and they believed his lies and they followed his direction, in essence, they bowed their knee to him and they gave him the authority that they had in the earth, which was complete. He made all the works of his hands. And what did he say? That man might have dominion. Right? Domin- See, we're talking about kingdom now. Kingdom, dominion. Dominion over all the works of his hands. Now through sin, the devil got it. And he's ruling through wicked people in the kingdoms of the earth. I mean, you can see that. Boy, there are some mean people in power in different places in the world. And they slaughter. I mean, they just try to wipe out whole uh, groups of people. And create all kind of mischief. Well, see, the devil is doing that through people. And yet you hear people try to say, God's in control. And imply that all of this God's doing for some unknown reason. No, God never intended. And was never his perfect will. 
Oh, but he knew man would mess up before he ever started out, so he had a plan. Oh, I said he had a plan to redeem man and to get this power out of the hands of the enemy back into the hands where it's supposed to be. That's why God had to become a man. A man because authority had been given to man. And Jesus came as a man. And obeyed God completely as a man. And offered up his life as a man. The perfect man. And then he rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. And got the keys. Keys. Of death and hell. And he stood up and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Both. Both. I got it. I got it. I got it back. <laughs> ah, the devil ain't what he's cracked himself up to be nowadays. He's operating primarily because people are ignorant. But when you find out exactly what has happened and what you have... You'll change things in your life. I said in your life you can change things. He said all this has been delivered to me. Yeah. But uh, that's before Jesus went to the cross. And now he has been given. He took it back. All authority in heaven and in earth. Can you say amen? amen. Now go back to... Uh, Matthew, Matthew, he said, on this rock, this huge rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The authority and power of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give to you what? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys denote authority. Right? That's what they had at the gates. You had to have keys to open the doors or lock the doors. The person with the keys can go out and come in, let people in, let people out. You got authority. You got control. You got the keys. Right? Whoever's got the keys... Controls the car. <laughs> right? Yes, Whoever's got the keys can go in and out of the house and do what they want to with what's in the house. Whoever's got the keys has the control, has the authority. He said, I'm giving you the keys to what? Oh, I don't think we've seen this like we should have. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Did he do it? Yes. Do we have them? Yes. Should we use them? Yes. Then he showed us how it works. What's the keys to the kingdom? What's he talking about? Here it is. Read the very next thing. Keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever. That's a big word. Whatsoever you. Now here's the part people hadn't wanted to believe. They want to believe, well, God, God, God can do it. Well, I reckon if he'd have wanted to say that, he'd have said that. Right? Why didn't he say, and whatever God 
binds on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever God looses on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, people get fighting mad. And they'll try to get in somebody like me's face and go, whatever God binds. Well, why didn't Jesus say that? You telling me he made a mistake. He meant to say God. But he messed up and said you. See, these people that get so bent out of shape, they don't realize how arrogant they're being. They're changing the Bible. They're trying to make it fit what they believe. Never water down the Bible to match your lack of experience. Believe God to elevate your life and experience to match the Bible. Hmm? That includes everything. That includes healing. Don't try to explain it away and it's passed away and it's not for everybody just because you didn't receive it. Could it be that you didn't know something? That you didn't do something right? Don't try to water away so well, tongues have passed away. That's not for everybody. I'm so glad there was a time I was a Christian, thoroughly born again, but I did not speak with tongues. But I'm so glad I didn't just say, well, I don't think that's for everybody and that's passed away. I said, no, I got in the book and I got to read and I thought, God, that's here. Right? But I don't have it. I got a choice at this point. Do I explain it away? Do I make excuses? Do I doubt it? Do I try to change the Bible? Or do I say, God, there it is. Bring me up to this. Show me what I don't see. Help me to receive this. And humble yourself. And praise God, within the year, I was one. (laughs) Glory to God. It's for everybody. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you won't have it. Prosperity is for everybody. Healing is for everybody. Victory is for everybody. Unless you're going to make excuses and explain it away. Right? Don't try to water down the Bible to match your lack of experience. Believe God to elevate your life up to this. Boy, it's not the end. How many realize one reason we read our chapters every day? I mean, I don't care who you are, how far you've gone, you're going to come across things in here and go, whoa, I don't have that yet. Right? I'm not there yet. So what do we do? Same thing. Lord, help us get there. Bring us up to this. Bring us up to this. Can you say amen? Amen. Keep reading. He said, I'm going to give you something. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now help me read this out loud. And whatsoever you, 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 whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven I have read after uh, numerous theologians and their commentaries on some of this and it's just laughable how some of them try to explain this they just they just get all bent up about this because they're like well He said it, but what he meant was that God will allow it from heaven and then he could do it through somebody. Well, now, he didn't say it like that. He said, you do something on the earth. 
And it'll be done from heaven. If he'd have wanted to say it the other way, he could have. (laughs) You know what the issue is, is that God has given us something here. And people don't want to see it because it puts responsibility on us. Well, what if we don't bind it? What if we don't loose it? What if we don't use the keys? So people don't like to think about that. They like to think, well, God's in control and everything that needs to be done, he'll do. And it's not really up to us. We're just along for the ride. Well, that's convenient. But it's not Bible. I said it's not Bible. No, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus operated this way, didn't he? And he did it as a man. And he showed us how he did it as our example. How many remember that he, the man that had the withered hand? He said, stretch forth your hand, right? How many remember the woman with the spirit of infirmity that was bent over? Anybody remember that? Luke 16, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity for, uh, what was it, 18 years and was bowed over and couldn't stand up and couldn't be straight and loose. Jesus called her to him and he said unto her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Is that a prayer? No, that's not a prayer. Right? Now, one thing that we haven't seen sometimes, so many times when Jesus ministered to people, he didn't pray for them. Right? What's he doing? He's binding and loosing. Let me read some of them to you. Y'all okay on this? Let's get stirred up. Jesus told the nobleman's son, go your way. Your son lives. No prayer meeting. No counseling session. Go your way. Your son lives. He told the uh, Peter's mother-in-law, the Bible said, he rebuked the fever. He did what? This is not prayer. He's not begging God, the Father, to make the fever go away. What did he do? Rebuked. That's what the scripture said. He rebuked the fever. Is he rebuking Peter's mother-in-law? No. He's not talking to her. He's not talking to God. What's he talking to? The fever. Now, one of the first times I read that, some of you looking at me funny. Turn there and look at it for yourself. (laughs) It's sad that this is strange to people. It should be very normal for us. Luke 4. Luke 4. Verse 38. Luke 4, 38. Jesus rose out of the synagogue. He entered into Simon's house, Luke 4:38. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and did what? Rebuked the fever. Now let's just stop right here. He rebuked what? He's not talking to God. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not praying. Jesus has given us the keys. To the kingdom. What are they? Operate like he operated. There's a fever there. It's bothering this woman. What do we do? Can you see where a lot of folk have missed it? Please God. 
Make the fever go away. Please, God, beg and plead and beg. So many times people are praying when they should be saying. Mark eleven twenty three. Anybody remember Mark eleven twenty three? Whoever will say unto this mountain. Now let's just back up. Did you say whoever will beg God about the mountain? Oh God, please make the mountain go away. Oh God, please. Please make the mountain. That's not what he told us to do. What did he tell us to do? You speak to the mountain. That's not prayer. And do what? Command it to be removed. And if you wouldn't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said came to pass, you would have what you said. What does that mean? It would go away. It would obey you. The scripture didn't say, beg God to make the devil stop. Nowhere in the scriptures are we told to pray that God would do something about the devil. Do you see how much wasted motion Christians have been involved in? Most of all, I just don't believe that. Well, find us the scriptures for it. Do people think they got scripture, but they don't. The Bible said, resist the devil. Who? Understood subject is you. You resist the devil and what? He'll flee from God. No. From the one who resisted him. You. Why? Because you've been given the keys. Because you have been authorized. You've been given authority. In the name of Jesus. But Christians are not using it. They're still begging God. Like Jesus didn't get the authority. They're still trying to pray like people under the old covenant. With no authority without the name of Jesus. What did Jesus do? This is the way he operated. Before we read this, let me just read some more to you. Uh, the Bible said that the man born by four. You remember he did this more than once. He just looked. He said, get up. Take your bed and go. That's not prayer. He said it to the man in the pool of Bethesda. Same thing. Get up. Take your bed and walk. Man with the withered hand, he said, stretch out your hand. What's happening here? Loosing. He's using the key, opening the door and saying, come out of there. He's shutting the door on the devil's work and locking it and said, stop that. You shut you down. Oh, can you see this? And we are... Christ ians, Christians. What does that mean? We are ones that are his disciples, following his lead, following his example and his training. We're supposed to be living like this. In the kingdom of God. Loosing. Binding. Forbidding it. Permitting it. Stopping it. Allowing it. He said us. 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 Glory to God. Now right here. He rebuked the fever. Now I remember one time I read that. I had read that number of times. But I read it again. And when I saw it I thought. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to the father. He prayed. Sometimes prayed all night. To the father. He's not praying to the father right here. He's talking to a fever. Now see that sounds strange to people. And then I remembered. He talked to trees. He talked to the wind. 
Didn't he? Yeah. And to the waves. People say, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's Jesus. And the implication is, he could do that. Because he's God. And you can't. Because you're not. Well, what a revelation. <laughs> but there's big problems with that. First of all, it implies that he's doing this as God. With powers that he had as God, which the Bible plainly says he did not. Philippians says he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. The Bible said he learned, he grew in wisdom and stature. But when you're omniscient, you don't grow in knowledge. Right? He didn't operate as God. He operated as a man. Now hold your place there in Luke 4 and go to John 14, please. Boy, this is big. John 14. Are you there? Man, this is exciting. You get a hold of this today. Really start living it and doing it. Your life will change. John 14. Jesus said, verse 12. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, Shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my father. How many believe on him? Then can you do the works he did? See most people don't believe that. Well he must not have done them as God. Or elsewise you and I couldn't do them. Right? But if he did them. As a man, by the anointing of God, and he would anoint us with the same spirit and give us authority in his name, then we see the glorious possibility and charge that we do the things he did. What did he do? He rebuked fevers. He calmed the wind and waves. But we could stand a lot more preaching on this now, couldn't we? Can you feel that? It's like, well, Brother Keith, I'm just me. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the one he, that said this. He said, if you believe on me. How many believe the words of Jesus? You believe the Bible. If you believe on him, what? The works. I did. You'll do too. You'll do greater works than these. Why? If he'd have stayed, the works would have just kept getting greater and greater and greater, right? But he's gone to the Father. Think about it. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Then he left the earth. (laughs) So what good's all this authority in the earth going to do? Because he's got you. He's got me. He's got authorized representatives in the earth that will act on his direction and use this authority. To accomplish his will. And to represent him in the kingdom. Oh glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Keep reading. The very next verse talks about how it's accomplished. What does it say? 
And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now this is different from the prayer that's mentioned just in the 16th chapter of this same book. He said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will do it. But you notice he didn't say that here. He just said, if you'll ask it in my name. And you'll find that this same word translated ask here in two or three other places in the New Testament is translated require. Require. If you require anything in my name, I will do it. Yes, you've got prayer. He talks about prayer in the 16th chapter. If you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it. But he didn't say that here. How does that work? We see it working in the book of Acts. Right away, we see Peter and John at the lame man at the gate called Beautiful, right? They come out there and he says, I don't have silver and gold on me, but in the name of Jesus, get up. He's not praying. He's requiring something. Not of God. God's not our problem. He's requiring it of these crippled bones. He's requiring it of this situation. He's loosing this. He's calling for it. By the anointing of the Spirit. And what happened? The man got up and leaped and was made whole. It was required in Jesus' name. And he did it. Oh, friends. We have more authority than we've known. We've had more ability to rule and reign in this life than what we've known. Go back to Luke. I think we'll close on this. Luke, the fourth chapter. I haven't been able to get into it much today. But this is how we represent the kingdom. We won't take the time to go into it for time's sake. But if you read the ninth chapter of Luke, you see he authorized them and empowered them and he sent them. Remember that we talked about this when we first started. He sent them and he said, heal the sick. Didn't he? Cast out spirits. Right? Even talked about raising the dead. Right? And then tell them what? The kingdom of God has come here. Not trying to demonstrate that we have faith or that we have power or that we anything. is to demonstrate the kingdom of God has come. And these works show it. These demonstrations show it. Can you say amen? Amen. It's mine and your equipment and authorization to be ambassadors for Christ. And if people will agree with us just a little bit, we'll say, you know, you want me to help you with that? They go, what? There's authority in Jesus' name. Well, I don't know. Well, if you just give me permission. Right? And whatever's going on, say, we bind that in the name of Jesus and command it to stop. I'm telling people open the door just a little bit. God will move in there. And what he's saying is, God's real. Kingdom of God is here. He's a good God. What did he say right here in Luke 4? He rebuked the fever. I remember I read that and I thought, he's talking to a fever. It'd be like talking to a stomachache. Or indigestion. Right? Or an ulcer. Or a tumor. 
He talked to trees. You could talk to a kidney. Or a lung. Or a knee. It should be normal to us. It was to him. He's our example. When I read that I thought. He's talking to a fever. And then I thought. Can a fever hear? Can a fever hear? If it couldn't. Why would you talk to it? And I read the next phrase. Did you read it? Did you read it? What does it say? It left her. And I thought. Yep. Fevers can hear. Right? Yep. Fevers can hear. How many understand? Mothers ought to be operating in this. Daddies ought to be operating in this. Children ought to be operating in this. The baby's got a fever. You don't have to beg and pray and fast for three weeks. You just say, in Jesus' name. Fever, leave my child. And not try it. Expect it to happen. That's what faith is all about. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You don't have to beg God for money. Call it. See, I claim X amount of money out of this world system. Money come to me. I know folks think this is weird, but I reckon you'd think Jesus was weird too. Talking to trees and the wind and the waves and yeah, but you ain't Jesus, nor are you. But he said, if you believe on me, the works I did, you'll do too. And this is how you'll do it. Whatever you require in my name. Sounds like what he said. If you bind it up, if you loose it in my name, I'll do it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Lift up your hands. Begin to thank God. Oh, Father, we thank you for the keys to the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for authority. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Say it out loud. This is your church. This is our church. So let's use the keys, the authority, concerning these things that are going on with us right now. Say it out loud. In Jesus' name. We claim more than enough money out of this world to take care of our children, our youth, all our buildings, all our lands, all of our equipment to do this work. We claim more than enough money. Come to us. Come in quickly. Satan, we bind you and we shut you down from hindering it, any part of it. We bind you up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, you do the same thing. Yeah, in fact, we need to act on that some. Glory to God. You do the same thing in your own body. You got part of your body that's not working right. You don't just beg and beg and beg and beg. What do you do? Speak to it. Right? Command it to work right. And expect it to. Glory to God. Put your hands on your body, everybody. Say it out loud. In Jesus' name. Body. Work right. Immune system. Be strong. Blood. Be clear. Be clean. Be whole. Obey me. In Jesus' name. Be strong. Organs. Glands. Muscles. Bones. Be healed. Be whole. Be strong. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be strong. Be whole. Say out loud, I'm strong in the Lord. And the power of His might. Say it three times out loud together. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something's causing you a problem. Something's messing with you. It's frustrating you. It's aggravating you. What do you do? You don't just beg God and pine away and feel sorry for yourself. What do you do? You speak against it. You say, stop in Jesus' name. I forbid this. I shut it down. And then you don't just holler the rest of the day about it. You expect it. Glory to God. This is how God intended that you and I operate in the kingdom. He's king of kings. Who's the kings? He's king. Kings rule and reign by their words, by the authority of the kingdom. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.